Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Kinar speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. I humbly apologize for those who regularly listen to me at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. I had some uh, personal issues, uh, an emergency matter of fact, uh, that I had to address, and, and I apologize. Um, sometimes in life things don't go the way you want them to go, and uh, you have uh, no control, and you have to adapt. So please uh, adapt to the fact that this program is at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time today because of extenuating circumstances. All right, uh, I'm going to, each and every week uh, when I begin this program, I'm going to uh, tell you basically that this program is different from perhaps any other program that you're going to listen to. And I'm going to quote some scriptures here. Uh, The first scripture I'm going to quote is Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who was called the devil, and Hasatan or Satan who deceives or tricks the whole world. So I wanted to point that out that your Bible in Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 states that this entire world has been and is, and is continuing to be deceived and tricked by a devil. The devil has deceived and tricked this whole world and this program was created to help you to understand the truth of the Bible. In Jeremiah 16, verse 19, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in the day of distress, to you the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, Our fathers have inherited nothing but falsehood, futility, and things of no profit. So what the prophet Jeremiah is saying, and if you do believe that this is the word of God, God is telling us that, Unfortunately, uh, our parents and their parents and etc., our past generation has inherited lies about who God is, his plan for mankind, etc. And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, don't think that I have come to destroy the law of Moses or the teaching of the prophets. I have come not to destroy their teachings, but to give full meaning to them. I'm reading this in the easy uh, to read version of the Bible, for clarity's sake. And the word fulfilled is translated uh, in the King James Version. Uh, and this is the big, this is the word that many ministers and many other or- religious organizations have a fit over. They argue about this, but you just need to believe what it says here. It says, don't think that I have come to destroy the law 
of Moses or the teaching of the prophets. This is what Yeshua stated or Jesus in red letters in your King James Bible. So he did not destroy the law of Moses. He did not destroy Moses. That's what your Lord and Savior says. He says, I have come not to destroy their teachings. So he didn't come to destroy their teachings, but to give full meaning to them. That is the purpose of the entire apostolic scriptures, or what is commonly called the New Testament, is to give full meaning to the law of Moses, not to destroy it. Now, verse 18, it says, I assure you that nothing will disappear from the law until heaven and earth are gone. The law will not lose even the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter until it has all been done. And the whole law has not been completed, folks. Uh, we still have some prophecy, much prophecy to go. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, you can enter true life only through the narrow gate. So, again, this is in red letters in your King James Version, in Matthew 7, verse 13. You can enter true life only through the narrow gate. The gate to hell is very wide, and there is plenty of room on the road that leads there. Many people go that way. So many people go, and they live the way, unfortunately, to death. Verse 14, but the gate that opens the way to true life is narrow. And the road that leads there is hard to follow. Only a few people find it. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 4, About that time the followers came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in God's kingdom? Jesus called a little child to come to him. He stood the child in front of the followers. And in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 18, Then he said, The truth is you must change your thinking. You must do teshuva. You must repent. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your thinking and become like little children. If you don't do this, if you don't do this, if I don't do this, you, and neither will I, enter into God's kingdom. And that's important to understand. Matthew 18, verse 4. The greatest person in God's kingdom is the one who makes himself humble, like this little child. Now, if you are willing to humble yourself and realize we have all been tricked by the devil and we need to get rid of all the false religious teachings we have acquired over the years, if you are seeking the truth, then this program is for you. However, if you think you know everything there is to know about God and religion, then this program is not for you. So each and every week, I will begin the program with that disclaimer. Okay, uh, as far as what's going on in the world, uh, this program today will be about the distinction of the children of God and the children of Satan, but let's look at uh, world news here and see if there's anything uh, significant because of what happened today. I didn't have the time, basically, to go and do the research before the program here. So watch.org, let's go there here. Um, Koenig's International News website, World Watch Daily, says Jordan, U.S. has enormous stake in Mideast peace, Obama says. Uh, it says Israel urges U.S. action over Syrian chemical weapons. So, uh, obviously, Syria has been using chemical weapons. It says U.S. denies plan to convene four-way Mideast summit in June. And it says U.S. asks Israel to hold back on response to drones. And we're having more weather disturbances. And if you want to know why we're having that, uh, go to my website, 
Go to Bible Studies, uh, go to the menu, mercifulserviceofgod.com, and then go to the menu that's located on the left side of the website and click Bible Studies, then click God and Hurricanes. Anyway, rain-soaked Midwest braces for more flooding. Flood-weary residents in parts of the Midwest were still trying to stem the tide of Murky River water Friday as late snow melted or late snow melt combined with days of spring rain sent rivers toward high water records. Floodwaters had begun an inch-by-inch retreat inundated Peoria, Illinois, after the Illinois River crested Tuesday at 29.35 feet, eclipsing a 70-year record. In central Indiana, more heavy rain through Wednesday morning prompted a request for voluntary evacuation along the Tippecanoe River near Lafayette. The Grand River at Grand Rapids, Michigan, which reached record levels, began to fall below flood stage Thursday, and some of the hundreds of people evacuated were starting to return home. And it says major flood flooding potential on the Red River next week. And then rain-soaked Midwest braces for more flooding. Chicago's wettest April on record. So this is Chicago's wettest April on record. It says rain-soaked Chicago had its wettest I'm sorry. What is April on record? The National Weather Service said, according to NBCChicago.com, and it says states here too wet to plant in the Midwest. During the last several years, it has been one extreme or the other for agriculture in portions of the central states. Wet weather and flooding was the theme in many areas during 2011. Last year's spring warmth turned to blistering heat and drought during the summer. This season, so far from the Mississippi Valley into the Great Lakes and Ohio Valley region, it is flooding as well as lingering chill. So there's weather disturbances, and I'm not surprised as long as we push this gay agenda and uh, we act like uh, God doesn't exist and he doesn't see our wickedness, then these curses, according to the Bible, and you can read this for yourself in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and Leviticus chapter 26, will continue on unfortunately. But, again, in Jeremiah chapter 18, Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 7, it states, At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. Verse 8, If that nation, including the United States, against whom I have pronounced, turn from their evil, I will repent or change of the evil that I thought to do unto them. So remember that. There is hope. And this program is about hope. It's not all about gloom and doom. And I preach the hope that the Messiah will come back and land his feet on the Mount of Olives and rule this earth and bring us peace on the earth. That's what each and every minister should be preaching of the coming kingdom of God, a literal government that will be set up on this earth by God himself. By God himself. And this is prophesied to occur in Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. Starting in verse 15. And the seven angels sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And this is what this program is all about. We are announcing that the Messiah is coming soon to this earth. And he will set up his wonderful and beautiful and tremendous kingdom on this earth. That's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, um, I am starting a good tradition, I hope, uh, reading 
a prayer from one of our past presidents. And I'm trying to pick a good one here out of this book that I can read. So, this is from Ruford B. Hayes. And this is on page 101 of Prayers and Presidents, Inspiring Faith from the Leaders of the Past. On page 101, Ruford B. Hayes says, Ruford B. Hayes, March 5, 1877, inaugural, which he delivered a day later than usual, refusing to be sworn in on Sunday in honor of the Shabbat. Okay, so back then, they mistakenly thought that the Shabbat was on Sunday, and many people believe that today, unfortunately, but uh, if you continue to listen to this program and all future programs, you'll realize that's not the case. Anyway, he repeated the oath, his palm placed on Psalm 118, verse 13, and kissed the Bible. Looking for the guidance of that divine hand by which the destinies of nations and individuals are shaped, I call upon you, senators, representatives, judges, fellow citizens, here and everywhere, to unite with me in an earnest effort to secure to our country the blessings not only of material property but of justice, peace, and union. So that's the prayer from Wilfred B. Hayes, his inaugural address. Okay. So let's look at, um, let's see if there's any economic news that I could cover here before I get into the Bible study. Going to the economiccollapse.com. And it's called the economiccollapseblog.com. See if there's any articles here. It's talking about um, child hunger here. I think this is interesting here. It says, child hunger is exploding in Greece and 14 signs that it is starting to happen in America too. It says the world is heading into a horrific economic nightmare, and an inordinate amount of the suffering is going to fall on innocent children. If you want to get an idea of what America is going to look like in the not-too-distant future, just check out what is happening in Greece. At this point, Greece is experiencing a full-blown economic depression. As I have written about previously, the unemployment rate in Greece has now risen to 27%, which is much higher than the peak unemployment rate that the U.S. economy experienced during the Great Depression of the 1930s. And as you will read about below, child hunger is absolutely exploding in Greece right now. Some families are literally trying to survive on pasta and ketchup, but don't think for a moment that it can't happen here. Sadly, the truth is that child hunger is already rising very rapidly in our poverty-stricken cities. Never before have we have had so many Americans unable to take care of themselves. Let me re- underscore and repeat that. Never before have we have had, never before have we had so many Americans unable to take care of themselves. Again, let me repeat that. Never before have we had so many Americans unable to take care of themselves. Food stamp enrollment and child homelessness have soared to brand new all-time records. And there are actually thousands of Americans that are so poor that they live in tunnels underneath our cities. Let me underscore that again. You think you're going through something. Let me read this again. Food stamp enrollment and child homelessness have soared to brand new all-time records, and there are actually thousands of Americans that are so poor that they live in tunnels underneath our cities. But for millions of other Americans, the suffering is not quite so dramatic. Instead, they just watch their hopes and dreams slowly slip away as they struggle to find a way to make it 
from month to month. There are millions of parents that lead lives that are filled with constant stress and anxiety as they try to figure out how to provide the basics for their children. How do you tell a child that you can't give them any dinner, even though you have been trying as hard as you can? What many families go through on a regular basis is absolutely heartbreaking. Unfortunately, more poor families slip through the cracks with each passing day. And these are supposedly times in which we are experiencing economic recovery. Of course, that's a lie. I just added that. So what are things going to look like when the next major economic downturn strikes? And you can go ahead and read more. I just want to read the highlight of this article. Folks, we need to, again, as I've stated uh, many times in this program, we need to prepare for some tough times here. These are the beginning of sorrows that Yeshua talked about in Matthew chapter 24. And we have to prepare for these times. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, you should try to do the best you can to educate yourself, to get uh, more marketable skills. Really, you should get into the IT field, the information technology field. Uh Graphic design, get into high tech. That seems to be uh, a industry that's never going to die uh, until we uh, perhaps have a nuclear war. But um, nursing, healthcare, those also are fields to get into. So let's understand that uh, we are living in a generation that was prophesied in, in Proverbs chapter thirty, verse fourteen. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men, ladies and gentlemen. And we are in that stage right now. And if you if you go to my website, I'm going to go to my website here. I have an article on my website that proves that uh, the amount of money that... Uh, people make is very minimal worldwide. Uh, United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe are very blessed. Uh, you, you do have uh, quite a few people here making a decent income. But of course you have uh, poverty also in those areas, but not as much as other areas around the world. And, and, and many people are suffering and, and they just don't have the things that they need uh, to survive and, and to live. And what we need to do is, you know, pray for these people and, and try to give to some of these organizations that uh, that help people around the world that are struggling and that, that are starving and, and that need our help, that need our help. So uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, this website, uh, www.globalissues.org, uh, under Poverty Facts and Stats. It says almost half the world, over 3 billion people, live on less than $2.50 a day. So that prophecy is being fulfilled. And it says at least 80% of humanity lives on less than $10 a day. At least 80% of humanity lives on less than $10 a day. So that's sad, ladies and gentlemen, but that's the kind of world that we live in today. Okay, so let's get to the uh, the, the title of this Bible study, the, the Children of God and the Children of the Devil. And we need to, to understand the distinction between the two. 
So let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, because I hope that people that are listening to this program, you don't want to become a child of the devil. All right, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. It says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. All right, so this is pretty plain here. Righteousness is keeping the God's commandments. Is keeping God's commandments. Psalm 119, verse 172 it has something to do with it anyway. And those who don't keep God's commandments are of the devil. Plain and simple as that. So in this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So he says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And why did he slay him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. So we have to have righteous works, which has everything to do with um, obeying the commandments. For that is what love is all about. Um, hold your place here. Let's let's turn to First John. All right, I'm sorry, Second John. Second John, chapter one, the second epistle, John, chapter one, verse six, and it states plainly here. And this is love, that we walk after His commandments. This is the commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, you shall walk in it. So we have to walk in the commandments. We have to do His commandments. The commandments weren't nailed to the cross, as a lot of ministers preach in this country and around the world. And they're preaching a false doctrine. You shouldn't listen to that anymore because it's not true. So getting back to 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. So you have to love the brethren. How do you love the brethren? By keeping the commandments toward them. He that loveth not his brother abides in death. So if you don't love your brother, you abide in death. And verse 15, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So if you don't love your brother, then you are committing murder. If you don't love your fellow human being, then you are committing murder. Verse 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, but we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse 17, but whosoever hath this world's good and sees his brother has need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And truth is the entire instructions and law of God, as proved by Psalm 119, verse 172, and John 17, verse 17. Okay, so we understand the difference between the children of God, at least I hope we do, and the children of the devil. All right, and... Uh, the Bible reveals that you that this possible. Well, first let me let me explain in detail who the children of God is, because some people and perhaps many people don't understand who a child of God is, a real a child of God. So let's turn to Acts chapter seventeen. Acts chapter seventeen. Acts chapter seventeen beginning in verse 26. 
and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Verse uh, 27 of Acts chapter 17, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So we are his children. So his creation, all human beings, not Nephilim, not those who uh, angels made it with human beings back in Genesis chapter 6, the first few verses, I'm talking about human beings, regular human beings, are all considered the children of God. That's the way he would like to consider his creation, to be all of his children. So that's what Paul is saying here, as he's speaking to the Greeks here uh, in Athens. Acts 17, verse 29. For so much then as we are the offspring or children of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And verse 30, and the times of this ignorance God winked at. So he ignored the ignorance of all the other nations. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. Since the first century after the resurrection of the Messiah, he's commanding all men, not just the Jews in Israel, but all men everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, where he has given assurance unto all men, and that he has raised him from the dead. Now, in First John, I just read this to you in First John chapter 3, about the distinction of the children of God and the children of the devil, but I just want to read First John 3, verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you or trick you, he that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And verse 8, he that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay? So, to break this down, those who just sin continuously and don't want to repent, they are children of the devil. They are of the devil. Those who do the best they can to be righteous are righteous. So, again, I'm breaking this down to help you understand who the children of God are and who the children of the devil. Number one, all of mankind, all of human beings are his children, but they can become children of the devil by not obeying the commandments of God and sinning. And I already explained what sin is last week. And sin is only sin when you will know that you are being disobedient. Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Now this is interesting. I want you to pay attention to this verse. Matthew 23, verse 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, or they were trying to convert people back then in the first century. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. So he was saying that some of the Pharisees there were children of the devil or of hell because the devil represents death. And he's saying that when they were converting someone over to Judaism back then, um, they were making him a child, more of a child of hell than they are. So what I'm saying is that 
anyone can become a child of the devil. If you have been given truth and you deny that truth, then you will become a child of the devil according to the scriptures. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, starting in verse, uh, well, before I even go to that, there's another verse that I need to quote to back up what I just said there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of the truth is what is being preached in this program each and every week that we should be keeping all the commandments of God to the best of our ability. The truth is the instructions and doctrines and commandments of God. Psalm 119, verse 142, and Matthew 4, verse 4, when Yeshua stated to the devil that um, thy word is truth, or the word of God is the truth, that we must live by every word of God. That's what he said in Matthew 4, verse 4. We must live by every word of God. And John 17, verse 17 states that, Thy word is truth, or the Father's word is the truth, which the Father's word um, is all throughout the Bible, and, and God gave Yeshua his words to inspire other people to write them down in a book that we call the Bible today. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful-looking, for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. So if you have received the knowledge of the truth and you don't obey, then you become a child of the devil. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 28, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Verse 29, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be he thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant or the agreement wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the spirit of grace. And then verse 30 of Hebrews chapter 10, For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongs unto me, I will recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So that's very important to understand, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's turn to um, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, starting in verse 33. It says, The answer to him, We be Abraham's seed, and we and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? In verse 34, Jesus answered them. So I want you to notice something. They, they were Abraham's seed, so they thought they were automatically qualified to be righteous and so forth. And then John 8, verse 34 says, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. So whosoever, doesn't make a difference who it is, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Again, I implore you and recommend that you listen to the program I gave last week defining what is sin, because many people don't know what sin is. Very important for you to listen to that program. Look in the archives. John 8, verse 35, And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Verse 36, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's seed, or Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you, which is pretty interesting. 
Verse 38, I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. So he's making a distinction here. Let's pay attention in verse 38. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. And John 8, verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So he's telling us that we should do the works of Abraham, and one of those works was tithing, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, John chapter 8, verse 40, But now ye seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God, and this did not Abraham. So Abraham did not seek to kill him. And then John 8, verse 41, You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. So they falsely accused him of being born of fornication to Mary. It says, We have one father, even God. And then verse 42, Jesus said unto them, If God was your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, which is an interesting Bible study. Uh, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. In verse 43 of John chapter 8, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. And for those who aren't children of God, you can't understand my speech or anyone else that's preaching out of the Bible. Verse 44, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and a father of it. Verse 45, and because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you conv convince me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Now, here's an important scripture for you to understand. John 8, verse 47. He that is of God hears or understands God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God, ladies and gentlemen. So that's another way for you to understand who the, who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Everyone starts out as a child of God, and but let's understand something. Well, let me go ahead. I have um, let me go ahead and take a break, and I want you to listen to a little message, and I'll be right back. This ministry gives biblical teachings for free, and we will never sell our teachings. The Lord commands us to give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. This is found in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so have the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 to 14. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. This is found in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. We are not a 501c3 church or religious organization that is associated with the federal or state government of this world. Therefore, your contributions to this work of Elohim, God, are not tax-deductible. However, we appreciate any tithes, offerings, or donations you are willing to give to this work of God. 
Your contributions will help us to continue to preach the good news of the peaceful and wonderful kingdom of God to as many people as possible over the Internet. To help us preach this important message to as many people as possible, go to our website, MercifulServantsOfGod.com, and click the yellow Donate button. Thank you, and may God bless you. Okay, I'm back, and I am discussing the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. And now in John chapter 8, verse 47, again, he says, He that is of God understands God's words. He therefore hear them not or understand them not, because you are not of God. So, again, that's another distinction. Now, let's understand something, ladies and gentlemen. We are all born in sin, okay? Let's understand that. And Psalm 51, Psalm 51, verse 5, says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. I'm sorry. Psalm 51, verse 5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. So he was shaped in iniquity. Let's take a look at what the Hebrew uh Shaping in iniquity in, in the King James, it means uh, he was um, pained in iniquity. He was shaping in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Okay? So that's what David is saying. Now, in Genesis chapter 8, this is what God is saying. Genesis chapter 8 starting in verse 21 about humanity, and I think he ought to know more than us about humanity and how we think. Uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, And the Lord smelled a sweet Savior, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Again, let me underscore this. I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil. From his youth, neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. So you heard it from God's own mouth there. And then Job, Job chapter 15, starting in verse 14, says, What is man that he should be clean, and he which is born of a woman that he should be righteous? In verse 15, of Job chapter 15. Behold, he puts no trust in his saints. Yes, the heavens are not clean in his sights. Verse 16. How much more abominable and filthy is a man which drinks iniquity like water? So it says that we drink iniquity like water, ladies and gentlemen. That is sad. But that is the state of man. And then in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, states plainly about our hearts. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it and in verse 10 i the lord search the heart i try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings that's what the bible means when it talks about fruit it talks about deeds it's, it's talking about deeds not how much money you have and how, many, how much property you have Okay, it's about your behavior, how you treat people. And in Psalm chapter 14, Psalm chapter 14, 
states the following. Psalm chapter 14. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So God is calling an atheist a fool, not me. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that does good. So human beings don't naturally have the ability to do good according to what God is saying here. Verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. We don't naturally seek God, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 3, they all are gone aside. They all together become filthy. There is none that does good, not one. And it's talking about doing good without the Holy Spirit of God, which will help us do good. Psalm 14, verse 4. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? Verse 5. There were they in great fear. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. He is in the generation of the righteous. Verse 6, you have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When the Lord brings back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. And if you've been listening to this program, Jacob and Israel is talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, which the United States and Britain and Canada and the countries of Northwestern Europe, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, and France, and the little nation of Israel in the Middle East is all part of the modern 12 tribes of Israel. For proof of that, go to www.b.org. So none seek God, okay? The wicked do not seek the law of God, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Bible definition of a wicked person. They don't seek God. They don't know how. Psalm 119, verse 155. says, Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. In Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Well, I've already quoted that scripture. I will be quoted that scripture today. Oh, Malachi 3, verse 18. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. So the righteous are the, are the children of God, and the wicked are the children of the devil. Malachi 3, verse 18. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serve God and him that serve him not. So again, to break this down, those who serve God to the best of their abilities are the children of God. And those who serve the devil by sinning and wanting to sin and don't care about God, not even trying to see God, are defined as the children of the devil, ladies and gentlemen, according to your Bible. Now, Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 20. It states, that which cometh out of a man, that defiles the man. From within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, which means to be stingy, Hebraically, uh, not wanting to give what you should, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things, evil things, come from within and defile or decay or destroy the man. 
And remember, your Bible states that this whole world lies in wickedness. In 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 19, it states, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this entire world lies in wickedness. But the positive thing about it is that if you repent, as John tells you to do, John the Baptist in in, uh, Luke chapter 3, and bring fruits worthy of repentance, then you will receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you keep the commandments of God, because in Acts 5, verse 32, it states that he gives his Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Now, eventually, God is going to wipe out all sinners, ladies and gentlemen. There will not be any sinners left on this earth. Let's understand that. In Psalms 104, Psalms 104, verse 35, Psalm 104, verse 35, it states this. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. No more. No more wickedness. Psalm 104, verse 35. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Bless or praise ye the Lord. So in Psalm 104, verse 35, let the sinners be consumed out of the earth and let the wicked be no more. So the wicked will not be anymore, ladies and gentlemen. They will be totally destroyed, according to your Bible. So we we have to understand this truth, that God, the goal is to eliminate death. I've talked about this in other programs and there will not be any wicked left. In Psalm 145, verse 20, The Lord preserves all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. As in Psalm 145, verse 20, The Lord preserves all that love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. He will annihilate all the wicked, ladies and gentlemen. There won't be any people in hell Uh, snap, crackling, and popping. Uh, You're going to be totally annihilated if you don't obey God. Psalm 106, verse 18, And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. The wicked will be burnt up. Burnt up. Burnt up, ladies and gentlemen. And um, I'm just quoting these scriptures, so you do whatever you have to do. I, I can help you so that you won't be one of the people that will be burnt up. And Proverbs 10, verse 25, As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked. No more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. And then Proverbs chapter, uh, oh, Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2, starting in verse 22. Or is it uh, 22, rather? Let's see. Uh, in Psalm 2, verse 12, it states, Kiss the son, and now he be angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled. So, again, you don't want to get to the point where God just totally wipes you out because you don't want to obey him after you have heard the knowledge of the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Psalm 92, verse 7. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. Now, that's a pretty interesting scripture there. It says, Psalm 92, verse 7. 
when the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. Okay, so they're going to be destroyed forever. I don't take any great pleasure in telling you these things. Uh, I just have to preach the truth, and I have to under tell you that if you hear the truth and you don't do anything about it, then you risk the, the possibility of being annihilated. Okay, and I must preach this truth. I must do it. And there's a scripture that states plainly that, let me... Uh, quote this scripture here. This is a scripture to really uh, focus on and memorize here. And this is in the New Testament here. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 8. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 8. And flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that they obey. Okay. 2 Thessalonians. Let me drink some water here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction. Everlasting destruction. The Greek word is oethros, and it means death, ruin, to destroy. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So we have to understand that those people that have been blessed to know the knowledge of the truth, if they continue, or, you know, if they continue in the knowledge of the truth, they'll be in the kingdom of God. That's what I was trying to say. For those who don't, they will be destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. And But there is hope for the wicked. Those who don't know any better and those who do know better that that uh uh know better they can repent they can do teshuva in isaiah chapter 55 isaiah chapter 55 starting in verse 7 it says let the wicked forsake his way actually let me go to verse 6 isaiah 55 verse 6 seek ye the lord while he may be found the lord is working through me ladies and gentlemen Okay, and he's working through others that are preaching the truth. And that's how you can seek the Lord. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I don't know how long I'll be able to do this on, on uh, Blog Talk Radio. So take advantage of it while you can, ladies and gentlemen. Isaiah 55, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And in verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways my ways, says the Lord. So it's possible for a wicked person to repent according to the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen, in Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And I just read to you what's going to happen to wicked people. So it's possible for wicked people to turn and to become righteous. Um, Ezekiel chapter 33, starting in verse 13. When I say to the righteous, he shall surely live, and if he trusts to do... Okay, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 13. 
When I say to the righteous, he shall surely live, and if he trusted to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for it. In verse 14 of Ezekiel chapter 33, again, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had what he had robbed, walk in the statues of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he has committed shall be mentioned unto him. He that have done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. And then verse 17 of Ezekiel 33, Yet the children of my people say, of thy people say, The way of the Lord is not fair, but as for them, their way is not equal. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall even die thereby. Verse 19, But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet ye say the way of the Lord is not equal, O house of Israel. I will judge you every one after his ways. So, again, it is possible for the wicked to become righteous, ladies and gentlemen. So, that is the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil, ladies and gentlemen. I tried to break it down as best I can, and in future broadcasts, I'm going to go into more detail about this. Um, but I just wanted to break that down to help you to understand who the children of God are and the children of the devil. So with that, um, may God bless and keep you and, and listen to uh, a couple of uh, announcements here. And, of course, I end the program with uh, Malachi chapter 4. And may God bless and keep you. And uh, please listen to the following announcement. I am the Lord, and I don't change. You are Jacob's children, and you have not been completely destroyed. But you never obeyed my laws. Even your ancestors stopped following me. Come back to me, and I will come back to you. This is what the Lord All-Powerful said. You say, how can we come back? People should not steal things from God, but you stole things from me. You say, what did we steal from you? You should have given me one-tenth of your things. You should have given me special gifts. In this way, your whole nation has stolen things from me. So bad things are happening to you. The Lord All-Powerful says, try this test. Bring one-tenth of your things to me. Put them in the treasury. Bring food to my house. Test me. If you do these things, I will surely bless you. Good things will come to you like rain falling from the sky. You will have more than enough of everything. I will not let pests destroy your crops. All your grapevines will produce grapes. This is what the Lord our powerful said. People from other nations will be good to you. You will have a wonderful country. This is found in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 to 12. If you don't give what you can to God's ministers, then you are robbing God, and you don't want to rob God. Jacob's children or Israel consists geographically of the United States, Britain, Canada, Australia, South Africa, France, the little nation of Israel in the Middle East, and the countries in Northwestern Europe. For proof of this, go to www.britamazonmother.org. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased. 
for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happen as examples for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also crave. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. Ladies and gentlemen, the law of Moses, which is the law of God, is not nailed to the cross. Don't think that I have come to destroy the law of Moses or the teaching of the prophets. I have come not to destroy their teachings, but to give full meaning to them. I assure you that nothing will disappear from the law until heaven and earth are gone. The law will not lose even the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter until it has all been done. This is found in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 17 to 18, the Lord commands his followers to give tithes and offerings to his teachers. You give God a tenth of the food you get, even your mint, dill, and cumin, but you don't obey the really important teachings of the law, being fair, showing mercy, and being faithful. These are the things you should do, and you should also continue to do those other things. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, those other things we should continue to do is give tithes and offerings to God's ministers or Torah teachers. This ministry gives biblical teachings for free, and we will never sell our teachings. We are not a 501c3 church or religious organization that is associated with the federal or state government of this world. Therefore, your contributions to this work of Elohim or God are not tax deductible. However, we appreciate any tithes, offerings, or donations you are willing to give to this work of God. Your contributions will help us to continue to preach the good news of the peaceful and wonderful kingdom of God to as many people as possible over the Internet. To help us preach this important message to as many people as possible, go to our website, MercifulServiceOfGod.com, and click the yellow Donate button. Thank you, and may God bless you. Malachi Chapter 4 For Behold the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 